Welcome back to Love Murder Current Affairs, our show about the cases of love gone fatally wrong that are in the news right now. This week, we've watched just about every true crime community from TikTok to Facebook to you name it. Just absolutely explode around a new claim by a Polish woman that she is Madeline McCann, a girl who disappeared in 2007 when she was just three years old. The disappearance was described by the Daily Telegraph as the most heavily reported missing person case in modern history. So it's no surprise that this new twist is generating so much interest. What we're going to do today is provide an overview of the initial case, including the debates among authorities around the most likely outcome. We'll then introduce Julia Faustina Wendelt, a Polish woman who believes that she just might be the missing Madeline McCain. You guys are probably familiar with the story, but just so you know, trigger warning for child abduction and sexual abuse. The story begins in late April 2007. British citizens Kate and Jerry McCann were on holiday from the UK, bringing their three-year-old daughter Madeline and her two-year-old twin siblings. The family was staying in Praia da Luz, a village that was sometimes referred to as Little Britain, due to how many Brits had vacation homes there and how many more traveled there for a holiday as well. The McCanns were staying in an apartment owned by a retired teacher from Liverpool. Their unit was a two-bedroom, ground-floor apartment, and they were surrounded by other friends who had come up with them on the trip. Thursday, May 3rd, was the second-to-last day of their trip. That morning, Madeline had confused her parents by asking them why they didn't come when she and her brother had cried the previous night. This detail would stand out to them when they considered it just the next day, making them wonder if the children had not been alone. The kids went to bed around 7 p.m. and the parents left to walk to dinner at a restaurant a couple hundred feet down the road. The tapas restaurant was out of view of the apartment, so every half hour or so, one of the parents would walk back to check on the kids. Just after 9 p.m., Father Jerry did the first check. Everything was normal, except that the children's door, which had been only slightly ajar, was now wide open. Jerry once again nearly closed the door and returned to the restaurant. At 9.30, Kate had planned to go for the next check, but one of the other parents in the group offered to do it for her. Once again, he found the children's door wide open. For some reason, he decided that not hearing any noise was a sufficient check and didn't actually look into the bedroom. Woof. A half hour later at 10 o'clock, Kate did another check and found to her horror that her three-year-old daughter Madeline was gone. The children's door was wide open, as were the bedroom window and shutter. Madeline's favorite stuffed animal and blanket were still on the bed, but she herself was missing. Kate frantically looked around the apartment, but finding nothing, ran back to the restaurant screaming, Madeline's gone, someone's taken her. What happened next was just an utter travesty of how not to handle a missing child case. The resort activated its missing child search protocol at 10.30, including calling the police. The first officers from the local rural police arrived 40 minutes later at 11.10, despite being just five miles away. It took those two officers another hour to call the criminal police, who didn't get there until after 1 a.m. It took another hour for two patrol dogs to be brought to the resort and another six hours till the next morning at 8 a.m. for search and rescue dogs to arrive. During this time, it took hours for the police to provide their colleagues in border control and marine policing to have descriptions of the missing girl. Despite being in a village of just 1,000 people, no police made house-to-house -house searches. 
roadblocks didn't go up until the next morning at 10 a.m., many people at the resort were not interviewed, and it took Interpol five days to issue a global missing person alert. The crime scene also was not secured. More than 20 people had entered the apartment before it was closed off to forensics. One officer even dusted the bedroom window for fingerprints without wearing gloves. Oh my God. Almost immediately, the case was an absolute media bonanza. The company that rented the apartment to the McCanns had a PR firm on site. The McCanns themselves had a string of PR consultants. Even the British government sent in press officers, a nearly unprecedented action for this type of case. Over the next six months, Madeline appeared in thousands of articles, including on the cover of People magazine in May. Her father, Jerry, would later say that for him and his wife, it was an intentional strategy to keep their case front and center and put pressure on both the British and Portuguese authorities to keep working on the case. Meanwhile, in the criminal investigation, there were a string of suspects. The first was a British-Portuguese property consultant who became the first official suspect 12 days after Madeline's disappearance. He lived about 150 yards away from the apartment where the McCanns were staying, and three members of the group the McCanns were dining with, who would come to be collectively known as the Tapas Seven, reported seeing him near the apartment after the disappearance. There was, however, no further evidence, and he was cleared in July. By June 2007, the focus had started to shift to the McCanns themselves. This came first from Portuguese and then British tabloid media, who, after a few months, needed a new angle. Accusing the parents of an abducted girl of all sorts of deviant behavior apparently seemed just the trick. By late August, the Portuguese authorities had also honed in on the McCanns, theorizing that Madeline died in some sort of accident, and the abduction story was all a ruse to cover it up. In early September, the McCanns were officially made suspects. Leaks from the Portuguese police to tabloids claimed that they had discovered Madeline's DNA in the trunk of the McCann's car, among other evidence. Given the accusations, the McCann's immediately returned to Britain and spent the next nine months or so in the horror of tabloid scrutiny. By July 2008, however, the Portuguese attorney general announced that there was no evidence to support these claims. Their suspect status was removed and the case was closed. The case never really fully went away. One of the Portuguese investigators resigned from the force to write a book about the claims that the McCanns covered up their daughter's accidental death. He and his publisher were ultimately forced to pay hundreds of thousands after the McCanns won a libel case against them. From an investigative perspective, there were a number of attempts by the British to get to the bottom of the mystery. Between May 2011 and March 2020, the British government spent around 12 million pounds on something they called Operation Grange, through which a team of dozens of detectives tried to solve the case. As part of this, one of the theories proffered by Scotland Yard was that a group of men may have been in reconnaissance for an abduction or burglary. Crimes had increased in the area of the disappearance for months in advance, and many witnesses reported strange men milling around in the days ahead of the crime. Yet, after all of that, one of the strongest suspects came from a public prosecutor in Germany. In June of 2020, an inquiry was ordered with regard to then-43-year-old Christian Bruckner, who was in prison for raping a 72-year-old American woman in the same region of Portugal. When it came to Madeline, there were a few reasons for the suspicion. Bruckner was living in a VW camper nearby at the time of the disappearance. According to a British woman who had been Bruckner's girlfriend at the time, the night before Madeline disappeared, 
Bruckner told her, I have a job to do in Praia de Luz tomorrow. It's a horrible job, but it's something I have to do and it will change my life. You won't be seeing me for a while. Meanwhile, the day after the disappearance, Bruckner's Jaguar was registered to a new owner. Bruckner hasn't been formally charged, however. In October of last year, he was charged with five new counts of rape and sexual abuse. They weren't specifically related to the McCann case, but were all related to incidents that had taken place in Portugal, including two with children 10 and 11 years old. Ugh. When the charges were announced, the prosecutor said only the investigation into the disappearance of Madeline McCann continues regardless of the indictment. Which brings us to today and the story that has absolutely captured the true crime world's attention over the past week. Just over a week ago, a Polish woman named Julia Faustina Vendelt launched an Instagram account called I Am Madeline McCann. The account said, help me, I need to talk with Kate and Jerry McCann. Julia said that she started thinking about it after a comment from her grandmother, as well as seeing a drawing of a suspect on the official Find Madeline website that looked to her very similar to someone who had also abused her, that sent her down a path of recognizing a number of other surprising connections. In an early post on the Instagram account, Julia says that she doesn't remember most of her childhood, with the exception of some holidays in warm places with white apartments. Julia also claims to have very little information about her early childhood. She said that she's never seen a picture of her mom pregnant with her, and she hasn't seen her birth certificate despite asking for it. On top of that, she said that there were inaccuracies in what her parents told her. Her kindergarten teacher recently told her that she joined the school in September 2007, but her parents told her that she had been enrolled earlier than that. Physically, Julia shares with Madeline a rare eye defect known as a coloboma, in which a part of their eye tissue is missing. The condition in general affects about 1 in 10,000 births, but the two women do appear to have their marks in the same spot. She also posted a number of photos of her as a child that show a clear resemblance with Madeline, from hair color to the shape of her chin to gaps in her teeth. Well, the world is pretty split on what they think of these claims. The internet is clearly intrigued with Julia's account growing to more than one million followers in just a few days. Yet Julia said that her own family was livid with her and told her that she was being cruel for giving the McCann's hope. Her family said that they will not do a DNA test to prove that they're related to her. That sounds pretty sus to me. I think so. There's one way to shut this down. On the other hand, it appears that Kate and Jerry McCann may be more open. Earlier this week, Julia updated the Instagram account profile to say that Madeline's parents had agreed to a DNA test. A spokesperson for the McCanns said they won't comment publicly, but the Daily Beast said that a friend close to the family confirmed that the McCann family is willing to follow up on the lead. Of course, over here at Love Murder, we're hoping they do consent to a DNA test, even if it's just to rule out the possibility that Julia is Madeline. Absolutely. There's a reason this case, Andy, has consumed so much attention for so long. And it's not just good PR people and legal battles. It's because the idea of losing a child in such a horrible way is profound, acute, and, of course, terrifying. Our hearts go out to the McCanns and especially anyone else who has ever lost a child in a similar way that did not receive this amount of publicity. Uh, I mean, we will keep you updated with the developments as they come. I think the best thing that everyone can do in this case is just get a damn DNA test because that'll show you right quick. 
I mean, there's literally, we've covered everything. There's no point of talking about it anymore. It's I mean, literally, they need to do it. It's period. not worth even theorizing about no. because we have the technology now to prove or disprove this. Yes. Very quickly. Bottom line. Yep. So when we find that out, we'll let you guys know. And until next time, I'm Jesse Prey. And I'm Andy Cassette, signing off for Love Murder Current Affairs. <laughs>